0: Upward family, great to see y'all tonight. Everybody doing well. I am so glad. We're in a second part of a series we're calling Follow. And uh, just to catch you up, if you weren't here last week, uh, quick catch up. Uh, about two weeks ago, I was walking around this beautiful lake, and I was praying and worrying at the same time. Anybody ever done that, pray and worry at the same time? Those two things are not supposed to go together, but sometimes for me, they do go together. I'll start praying and start worrying. And as I was praying and worrying, the voice of the Holy Spirit came to my heart in such a precious way, and he said these powerful words to me. He said, son, the rest of your life has been carefully planned out in every detail. All you have to do is follow me. And when I heard that word, we changed the series we were going to do and started something else, and we're just talking about what it means to follow Jesus. We talked last week about following Jesus makes things a whole lot simpler. Amen. That you just don't have to worry about pleasing this one and pleasing that one and pleasing the other one. What you have to do is work for an audience of one. And if you please him, everybody else can just deal with it. Can I get, him, get, can I get an amen? Can anybody just say, that's going to set me free. If I can just please him, everybody else can just deal with it, Okay. Amen. Life gets so much simpler when you just follow Jesus. So he made me that promise. I've worked out every detail of your life. Just follow me. And it's a promise to all of us. And can I tell you, that promise has just been confirmed in my life again and again and again. Even since last week, I'm beginning to see God in the details. Has anybody ever just looked at a day and seen things happen and thought, God set that up for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I just, just one testimony. I was in a three-day meeting in Greensboro this week. I just got back uh, not long ago today, and I've been sitting in meetings all day long, and they were really good meetings, but I was on my way home, and today is the uh, anniversary. My mom uh, was promoted to heaven a year ago today. And all uh, oh, the greater is the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. That's what the Bible said. And it's absolutely true. That was her promotion day. So we're celebrating and grieving at the same time. I was driving back from Greensboro and I came around the corner and I saw the exit to a road and I had not given any thought to this at all. I saw the exit to the road that went right by the cemetery uh, where my mom's body was laid to rest. And it's like I saw that exit, and something in my heart said, Big boy, you know what you need to do. You need to go out there, and your mom's not there, but go out there and give honor to your mom. So I just drove out that way. It was only about 20 minutes down that road. And I thought I had not had a thought of it. And I got out, and I walked out there, and I stood at mom's grave and just thanked God for her for a minute. And as I was leaving, I just said, Jesus, thank you for this. And he said, Son... Didn't I tell you I had every detail worked out? Didn't I tell you that everything was planned? And you didn't get up this morning thinking you would have this opportunity. You simply did what I've called you to do, and I made this available to you. That's a promise of God, not just for me. I'm not special. I did get a T-shirt one time that said, Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. (laughs) But uh, I won't wear it. What I'm trying to say is that promise is not just for me, it's for us, that if you and I will just follow Jesus every day, he will lead us, he will guide us, and he will help us to walk in his path, and he'll work out his plan for our lives. It's as simple as that. Now, he made this call to disciples. It's all over the Gospels, the biographies of Christ in the New Testament. First four books of the Bible of the New Testament are like biographies of Jesus, And it's all over it again and again and again. Jesus just walks up to people and says, follow me. And they did. And when he said, follow me to them, that's literally what he meant to them. He was not even talking just in a spiritual sense. He's like, I'm going over here, get behind me. I mean, there's a a verse in John where it says the disciples... uh, We're standing with uh, John the Baptist, and Jesus walked by, and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it said, The two disciples heard him speak and followed Jesus. John the Baptist was saying, It's time for you to leave me, and it's time for you to follow that guy. And the Bible says, As they went following, Jesus turned and looked at him and said, What do you seek? Or, What do you want? I love that about Jesus. He never presumes what you want. He wants you to ask. And the disciples just said this. They said, Lord, where are you staying? Wouldn't that be a good prayer for you to pray every morning and for me to pray every morning? Lord, what are you dwelling in today? Where are you moving in Henderson County? What are you up to today? Because I want to be right where you are, right in the middle of what you're doing. They said, Lord, where are you staying? And you know what Jesus said? He said, come and see follow me. And then he turned and walked off. And they could just follow him. Imagine that. I get a little jealous of the disciples sometimes. I'm the only one. I get a little jealous of them because following Jesus for them was waking up by the campfire and looking over there to see if Jesus was there. And many mornings he wasn't If you read the Bible carefully, you will find that Jesus wandered off a lot. They woke up in the morning and said, where's he at now? When they found him, he'd be going somewhere, and they would just get in behind him and follow him. And I think, how easy is that? And how privileged they were just to be able to wake up in the morning and walk where he walked and see what he saw and do what he did. And I almost want to say it's unfair. It's unfair. These guys get in a special place in heaven and they had it so easy. All they had to do was wake up every morning and roll over and look at you and say, what today, Jesus? But then Jesus said something in John 16 that makes me understand I have no reason to be jealous. This is what he said in John 16. He's telling the disciples he's going to go away. They're all uh, excited about his presence. They love being with him. They've been together for three years. They've walked and talked and eaten and slept and done miracles and everything. And they've done it all as a group. And Jesus said, I'm going away. And he said in John 16:7, he said this, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. It is better for you that I go away. For he says, for if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus said something that's tough for them to understand and sometimes tough for us to understand. But what he said is this. He said, I'm going to leave you physically. But when I leave you physically, the helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to come and live in you spiritually. And that's a powerful truth we need to understand in our day, that Jesus left us physically so he could live in us spiritually. And he says that is better than him being with you physically. Jesus in you spiritually is better than beside you physically. Because now he lives through you. He lives in you. He moves through your life and we can live in such a relationship with him that we wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, what are you doing today? Where should I walk? Where are you staying? Where are you dwelling? May I walk in that presence. The moment you give your life to Christ, I want you to hear this. The moment you give your life to Christ and receive him by faith, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside your heart. And the Holy Spirit is the very presence of Jesus Christ. So as we follow Christ, we're not looking for something on the outside. We are listening for a voice, a gentle at times, still small voice inside of us that tells us how to live. How do we follow Jesus? How do we put this in practice? Well, we read about his life and we do what he did. Paul said, let's be imitators of Christ. He went everywhere and loved people. We should go everywhere and love people. He noticed people that nobody else noticed. We should do the same. He was generous with everything he had. We should be the same. He took the power that was in him and used it to serve and bless people. We should do the same. He went to church and flipped over tables Hold up on that one. We follow Jesus by living as he did, by reading in the scriptures. We follow Jesus as we learn from other believers. There are people around us who teach us how to follow Christ. But we follow the Holy Spirit that lives inside of each of our own hearts. As I prayed over this series, I believe God gave me three words that are critical to following Jesus Christ These three words are this, listen, obey, and abide. Today we're going to learn how to listen to Jesus. Now, I believe with all my heart, God still speaks today. I believe God still speaks to his children today. Now, I believe the Bible is the ultimate authority. I believe it is the word of God and it speaks to us. It is living and powerful and changes our lives brings us to Jesus, convicts us, guides us, I believe in the Bible. I also believe there is a Holy Spirit that lives inside of you that wants to speak to your heart, that wants to tell you what to do. May tell you what not to do. He may tell you go here. He may tell you stay away from over there. We have a Holy Spirit inside our hearts that when we need wisdom, the Bible said, if anyone needs wisdom, let him ask above, and in, from above, and it will be given to him, and that comes by the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit who comes to protect us. I'm going to tell you, friends, there's some out there that teach, and I'm not, I don't like being critical of anybody, and I won't be, but there's some who teach out there that the Holy Spirit stopped speaking when the Bible was finished. Well, the problem is the Bible doesn't say that. Bible said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Anybody want your sons and daughters to prophesy? Anybody want your sons and daughters to move the power of God in their lives? The Bible said that's so. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you came along to tell me that God doesn't speak today, you told me far too late. Because I've already been convinced that he does, because I've heard his voice. When I was a young man, I was in my 20s, and I was just learning to follow Jesus. And I'd heard people talk about God speaking to them, and it sounded a little kooky to me. Any of you a little bit skeptical of stuff like this? Can I see your hands? Anybody just a little bit skeptical of this kind of thing? Hold your hands up, because we're in a club together. I don't just buy everything that goes along, and I just don't believe a thing because some preacher says it. I need to see it for myself, and that's probably a good thing to do. I'd heard people talk about God speaking to them, and I, I, I never met anybody that said they heard an audible voice, but I've heard people that said God showed them things and spoke things to them. I became a Christian, and I was still kind of waiting on that to happen. I, I wasn't sure about all that. And, I was going on a mission trip to Honduras uh, where I would eventually meet my wife, so it was pretty important that I'd go to Honduras, you know, and I lost my passport. I've had trouble with passports all my life. I lost it. I'd been on a trip, and I came home, and I couldn't find my passport, and you don't have your passports, you're not going. Anybody like me that I hate to lose stuff, I hate to lose stuff. My wife hates for me to lose stuff (laughs) because I will tear the house apart twice. And I'll always find that thing in a place I already looked. Anybody else ever do that? That is the most irritating thing on earth when something's gone. I'm still living at home with mom and dad, and I tore her house up. And oh, my mother was very neat and orderly and she did not like me tearing her house up. I went through everything I could and and I did what most people do. I prayed when I'd run out of options. Guilty. You ever just prayed when it was a last resort? You tried everything else and like, oh boy, we're down to prayer now. You know, we fall into this thing sometimes. When the doctor comes out and says, all we can do is pray, we're like, oh, it's, we're not down to that, are we? I'm learning. I just turned 55. Maybe by the time I'm 56, I'll have this learned that prayer ought to be our first move instead of a last ditch effort. Because Jesus wants to speak to us. In fact, he is speaking to us all the time. So finally, I'm down to the last resort. And I remember having the thought, you should pray about it. And I just stopped, I could take you to the spot. I was standing in front of the mirror in mom and dad's bathroom. And I was standing there thinking, oh Lord, I'm not going to Honduras if I don't find that thing, I'm so desperate. What can I do? Why don't I just ask God? And I stopped and looked at myself in that mirror, I remember, and I closed my eyes and I said, Jesus, you gotta tell me where that passport is. And I wanna tell you what happened to me. You can believe this or you can discard it, but this happened. I began, a mental picture began to form in my mind. See, God sometimes speaks to us through pictures he puts in our minds. A mental picture began to come in my mind, and I could see the hall closet right down the hall, and I could see, is this freaking you out? It sure did me when it happened. I could see a piece of luggage in the bottom of that closet, and mentally, I don't know if I'd say mentally, spiritually, however it was, I could see the passport in that luggage. And I knew as good as I knew my name that my passport was right down the hall in that piece of luggage. And I walked straight to it, opened it. It was the very piece of luggage I'd just seen in my mind. It was in the pocket that I'd seen. It was right there. God had spoken to me clearly and shown me where that was. You know, when I lose things today and it doesn't happen, I really get irritated. I'm like, God, remember that passport? Come on, come on. not something i can just flip on and on like a switch but i'm gonna tell you something god taught that 20 year old kid that day that he still wants to speak to us he still wants to reveal himself to reveal his will to us jesus still speaks today now if i told you today there was a quote by jesus that was written five times in the bible would you think it's pretty important how many say five times by jesus that's a pretty big deal I'm going to up it a little bit. How many would say if 10 times Jesus said something, it must be a big deal? You know where I'm going now, don't you? I'm going to tell you something in the Bible that Jesus said 15 times in the New Testament. 15 times Jesus said this. Matthew eleven fifteen, 15. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This verse tells me that there's no issue with God speaking. The issue is with me listening. That God is always speaking. Solomon says, Wisdom cries out in the streets. We just need to find somebody that's looking for it, and someone who's looking for wisdom and listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit will hear his voice. Now, the first time we hear the voice of Jesus Christ is when he calls to us and calls us to himself. Revelation 3.20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. What a precious time in your life when Jesus is knocking at your door. I remember that time in my life when Jesus was knocking at my door. And I wasn't listening, but he kept knocking. When Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart, that's one of the most precious times ever in your life. Now, I can tell you what you need to do. When he starts knocking, just go ahead and open the door because you're going to open it. I tell people this all the time, and they laugh at me, but it's true. If Jesus is dealing with you to come to him, come on now. Because he's going to get you one day. And the longer you run, the uglier you'll be. You're supposed to laugh there. You got all offended. I didn't say that well. The longer you run, the more wear and tear it'll be on your life. Did I hurt your feelings right then? More time you spend running from Jesus is just wasted days. Because when he gets on your trail, he's on your trail. When I was a kid in church, being raised up in church, this is 50 years ago, I'd hear the old-timers, and they would see somebody that God was dealing with, and they would say, that guy's under conviction. Any of y'all old enough to remember the old-timers saying that? They're under conviction. I can see it. That's when Jesus is knocking. You know what I found out about Jesus? He is really good at showing himself to people. I like to think I've got a role in it. I like to think sometimes I talked them into it. That ain't the way it works. Jesus knocked, and he said, if anyone hears my voice and just opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him. That means I'm going to come in and stay, and my voice will become a regular part of his life. If you're not a follower of a Christ, listen for the call. Now, Jesus said this after he comes in about the ongoing relationship. One more verse about hearing. John 10, 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do you see that following is connected to listening? My sheep know my voice. They say that they can gather sheep from different flocks, in countries where they still do this. Oh, I was in a country for about two weeks where they still have tons of cattle. Oh, it's so beautiful. Do you know in Switzerland, all the cows have bells on them still? And you'll go through a field and you'll hear the cow bells. We lose something when we get away from the earth and from farming and from nature, we lose something when we just get staring at this thing all day long sheep they could take sheep from different flocks and put them together and they would graze together and when the shepherd would get on the side of the field he would call and his sheep would separate from the rest of the flock and come to him because the sheep learned the voice of their shepherd and they followed and jesus said one of the marks of my children my sheep is they know my voice They listen when I'm speaking, and they follow me. Can I tell you, we have a great privilege in front of us that we often don't take advantage of. It's the privilege of hearing the voice of Jesus Christ in our lives on a daily basis. We want it to be spectacular, right? We want God to write something across the sky, reasoning in the Old Testament today about the prophet who needed to hear from God. And there was a whirlwind, and he was expecting to hear God in the whirlwind. It was a storm. He was expecting to hear God in the storm. But after all of it blew over, it said he heard God in a still, small voice. God speaks to us regularly and daily, and often it is in a still, small voice. It is a voice that, if we're not careful, will get drowned out by all the other stuff. Pastor, how can I hear God's voice? Did you know right now there are all kind of signals coming through this building right now? And they're invisible, but they're moving. There are radio signals coming through here. We still have radio, right? The reason you hear this signal and not the others is because we've not tuned into the frequency of all those signals. But if you tune into them, you can hear them. They're coming all the time. They're flowing all the time. God's voice is speaking daily in your life. Many times it's the fact that our receiver is just a little bit off. And upward, here's what I want you to understand. If we're going to follow Jesus, the first thing we have to do is listen for the voice of Jesus to guide us in what to say and what to do and how to live. If you will begin to listen, you will see some amazing, quote, coincidences in your life you'll be driving down the road this happened to me not long ago I'm driving down the road and I kept thinking about a certain man in the church and I think you know I need to call him then I'd go on down the road and then the thought hit me again you know I need to call him You ever had that happen? Call him. Because many times what you think is just a thought running through your head is actually the Holy Spirit getting your attention. I'm going to say that again for those in the back. Many times what you think is just a random thought is the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention and to say something to you. I was driving down 26. Daniel 26 is starting to look really good bud. I made fun of it till he started coming here and then I had to. But we drove up the other day. Yes. Coming down 26 and I heard it. I need to call this guy. And I ignored it. Need to call this guy. About the third time I thought maybe I really need to call this guy and I picked up my phone and I dialed the number and when the guy picked up the phone and heard my voice he said Andy you're not going to believe this he said this morning I woke up really needing to talk to you and I was trying to figure out how to find you today and I asked God to put us in contact today and you called Boy, I felt really smart right then. But you see, the Holy Spirit had been speaking in my heart. And I'd just been driving right on by it. He wants to talk to us. Two things I want to tell you, and I'm going to quit. Two things we must do. We must set our affections, and we must silence our distractions. Can you, can you go with me? Can you, can you handle two more things? I'm going to preach a little shorter tonight. Last week I was eight minutes over. I was I preached a long time last week, and uh, I noticed people brought food with them tonight back here. They've got food. I thought I preached so long last week you thought you'd have to bring a lunch. I'm not going to do that to you this week. Um, <laughs> I must set my affections, and I must silence my distractions. Paul tells us in Colossians, Set your affections on things that are above, not on things of the earth. When you set your your affections, you set the frequency through which you hear. Amen. We don't understand as much about frequencies today, but uh, it's Internet today. But when I grew up, we had three channels, two, eight, and 12. I realize that sounds to you guys like it did to me, to the old crank phones, you know. But uh, (laughs) three channels, there was an antenna on top of the house. How many of you old enough to remember that? And you turn the dial north, south, east, and west, and you turn that thing, and it would start rotating the antenna on top of the house, and channel 12 would start to come in. Frequency got dialed in. Whatever you set your affection on, that's what your antenna is pointed towards. And if it's set on things of the world, your antenna is going to receive things of the world. Have you ever done this? Have you ever been shot? Have have you ever decided you wanted a certain type of car? And you started searching for it. You ever done that? And then you see them a thousand times a day and you never noticed it before. I decided one time I was gonna get a Honda Pilot. I had no idea that everybody in Henderson County drove a Honda Pilot till I started looking for one. Why? I had set my affections on Honda Pilots and I saw them everywhere. Amen? You might be a Ford or Chevy guy, it's okay. It still works. Whatever you set your affections on, you dial in I wrote, a better, I wrote this down better than I'm saying it. Oh, yeah, this is good. I'm glad I wrote this down. <laughs> Whatever captures your heart commands your attention. Set your antenna towards Jesus. Make it a priority every day to dial in to what he is saying and what he is doing. Because when I set my heart to pursue God, I will hear him clearly. Amen. Second thing, and I'm going to quit, I promise, for you, I'll start breaking out your lunch uh, or dinner. I must not only set my affections, I must silence my distractions. love this verse. Luke 5 said this. Jesus did this. He said, he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Matthew's here. Just for that, I'm going to preach longer. (laughs) Jesus liked the wilderness. I said, Jesus liked the wilderness. Jesus was a hiker. Don't you question me. It says right here, he often went out on the trail. Trying to play louder or something? Why did he go out in the wilderness? I get it to pray, but why the wilderness? Because it was quiet. Because everything else was shut down, so he could listen to God. There's a couple things to learn. Uh, go hiking. I said go hiking you think I'm kidding go hiking leave your phone in the car that's gonna be so hard for some of y'all y'all gonna get the shakes when you leave your phone in the car leave your phone in the car I'm gonna try it myself I'll tell you how it works can I tell y'all something I think back to words God has spoken to me and I think back to the times God has gave me series to preach and, and I remember places where God spoke. Can I tell you, God has given me more ideas for sermon series at the ocean than any other place in the world. Because I just walk up and down the beach. I don't lay on the beach. I don't sit on the beach. I walk, I'll go three miles that way and three miles back or 10, whatever. Something about the noise of that wave drowns out everything else and I can hear God folks sometimes we just need to turn off everything else silence all the distractions I told you I was at a meeting this week we were, in a, we were trying to have a meeting in a loud restaurant you ever done that everybody around the top of their lungs I'm like what 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 and I reach a point where I can only take so much noise and I finish my dinner and I walked outside and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I got out from them loud people. There's times, folks, that I just need quiet in my life and there's times you need quiet in your life and we don't get enough quiet in this world. Silence every other distraction. Withdraw to a quiet place and hear from Jesus. His voice is that valuable critical to you and I to hear what he has to say. Let's listen. Will you pray with me tonight? Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your powerful word, for your precious presence. We want to hear from you, Lord. Your voice on a daily basis. You promised you'd come in and dine with us. You said, my sheep know my voice. They hear it and they follow Lord, may we set our affections on you. When we get up in the morning, may we turn towards you in our hearts. And dial into the frequency that you're speaking on by your spirit. Jesus, may we silence distractions. Lord, may we turn down the noise in our lives and hear your voice first. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Who here would say, Pastor? I'm saying yes to Jesus right now. I'm saying yes to what He's calling me to do. I'm saying yes to Him as my Savior. Anybody in the room tonight We won't embarrass anybody? Anybody say, Pastor, I want to set my affection on Jesus. I've been distracted by some other things, and some of the things in this world have been calling for my attention. But tonight I want to dial in, and I want to point my antenna of my heart right towards Jesus Christ. Can I see your hand tonight? Yep, yep. Awesome, awesome. Can anybody say, Pastor, I need some silence I need to silence distractions in my life. Pray for me that I can turn down the noise on everything else and hear the still, small voice of Jesus. Anybody? Anybody? Yep, see a bunch of hands. Jesus, you know what you're doing. You know what you, what's needed in every heart and every life. And Jesus, I ask you tonight, draw us to you. May we hear that voice clearly. God, I pray for people in this room. I ask God that they would experience the voice of Jesus in their hearts. This week like never before. Surprise them with it, Jesus. And I believe you will in your name. Amen. I was praying a prayer of my little girl. She's out in Tennessee and they've had some disturbance in her neighborhood. And so I was praying Psalm 91 as a blessing over her. And I want to pray a little bit of that over you. I want to pray it over our kids as they're going back to school for God's protection. Amen. Because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. Psalm says no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone I want you to hear this part you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra meaning you don't have to be afraid of snakes you trample them down The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Amen, amen. Blessing of God. I commission you, go out, make Jesus known. Love y'all so much.